0: Welcome to Fort McMurray Matters Keeping you connected to our community Brought to you by Cooper & Company Law Firm and Fort McMurray Orthodontics On Mix 103.7
1: Good afternoon and welcome to Fort McMurray Matters I'm Sean and I'm joined over the phone here with Jeff Gu A geophysics professor at the University of Alberta Jeff, uh, big thanks, taking some time to join the show today
2: Um, Thank you, Uh, good to be on the show Sean
1: yeah. And one of the things that I like to get to do is just get to know the person that we're talking to before we hop into the big topic of discussion. We're going to be talking about just earthquakes today. Uh, but first, Jeff, how'd you get into to geophysics?
2: Oh, my father was a geophysicist uh, uh, in, uh, back in China, and uh, since, and I, I did actually uh, uh, live through the Tangshan earthquake in 1976 when I was six. Uh, I was not too, too far away from Tangshan, so uh, experienced a lot of uh, earthquakes and then decided uh, after college to do something about earthquakes.
1: Wow, that's pretty, <laughs> it's like uh, from your childhood up uh, then, I guess.
2: Yeah, yeah, I guess so. I guess so. Some influence from the from the parenting.
1: Very neat, very neat. And now you're a professor at the University of Alberta. Yes. Very cool. All right, yeah. Let's let, let's hop right into it because us up here in Fort McMurray for the first time in a lot of people's memory here, we felt an earthquake. Uh, I think it was back in November. What can you exactly tell us? Like, what's like, how would you describe an earthquake? What happens?
2: I think the, uh, the earthquake is a fairly uh, significant one. Um, it's a magnitude over five. Um, uh, and I think the, for these type of earthquakes, uh, generally we, we, can, we can feel it uh, in the vicinity of the earthquake as well as pretty far away. Um, I personally felt the earthquake when I was in Edmonton uh, on uh, November 29th. So, um, yeah, it's a significant earthquake with magnitude greater than five, one of the largest earthquakes that we've ever experienced, and they certainly, most people felt a jolt or, uh, or, or something that, uh, some sh- ground shaking um, when, when they did feel it, so.
1: Yeah, what exactly, do you know exactly like kinda what caused it type of thing?
2: Yeah, I think the uh, initial report, um, I, uh, the, the, uh, the general understanding at the time was that this was a natural event. Um, And I think there are uh, there arguments to be made, uh, especially that was uh, the the conclusion was kind of based on an early determination of the depth of the event, which was about nine kilometers, based on the reports from UHGS. So that is one of the uh, the factors that that goes into the sort of the 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 conclusion that it's most likely natural, and uh, as well as uh, potentially there were. Few wells in that area that uh, could be linked into sort of industrial activity, but I think the uh, um, the the real cause of this e- these events uh, is uh, still in question because I think there. Um, uh, since then, there have been more data uh, uh, and studied and uh, more, more investigations, and I think there uh, is still an open question whether this was a real uh, natural event, um, and that requires us to maybe look into more about the depth, true depth of the event, and I think nine kilometers still could be a little bit deeper than I like. Uh, it could be shallower than that, um, and also uh, there are wells in that vicinity, which uh, I even thought that uh, uh, that uh, there were no reported wells, but there, were, there are wells in that area, so it's clearly still an open question whether this is a natural event or this, uh, an event that's linked, uh, events linked to uh, to industrial activity, to like wastewater disposal.
0: Mm.
1: Yeah, it's very interesting. How long typically does like an investigation into like an earthquake go? Is it case by case, or is there usually like a rough timeline?
2: Yeah, it's case by case, but um, I would say in the ensuing months, uh, uh, within a couple of months, there should be a reasonable understanding of of an earthquake. that's the the case we've seen in uh, Fox Creek, uh, Red Deer. Um, And I think initially, usually the earthquake are put at a greater magnitude. and that's a different uh, with a different type of magnitude measure but you know after a, a couple of months uh, usually there are uh, different institutions that uh, will provide uh, a greater information on the depth of the earthquake, the mechanism, as well as uh, potential cause of it. So by that time, uh, we 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 could learn a lot more about the actual cause of these uh, these events. Mm-hmm. So so the magnitudes typically come down a little bit, um, and um, uh, and there's uh, going to be more arguments uh, about the nature of the events, whether it's induced or not.
1: Okay, and now are earthquakes would you say common? In Alberta, whether it be northern, central, southern, just in the province in general?
2: Um. A, and, and Alberta was not considered very uh, seismogenic. Um, most of the earthquakes um, occurred along the Rocky Mountains, uh, so there have been a lot of natural earthquakes along the rock the foothills um, but uh, s- since I think two thousand and ten uh, or two thousand twelve uh, we've we 've experienced an increased level of earthquakes uh, we 've seen earthquakes in fox creek um, in uh, um, near the Brazil Dam and uh, Red Deer, uh, high, uh, high River. Uh, so they're, you know, the, and now Peace River here. Um, so there have been increased level of earthquakes and a lot of them have been associated with um, either hydrox- hydraulic fracturing or um, um, wastewater disposal. So uh, I guess that the nature of this, these earthquakes in, in Peace River, uh, I guess is still, uh, I would say, un- are still under investigation.
1: Okay. And yeah, so this one was around the Peace River area. We felt it here. You said you felt it a little bit in Edmonton as well. Yeah. Uh, does does it vary how far the, the shaking travels type of thing?
2: Yes, it does. Um, so typically, the, the how much we feel uh, depends on one uh, one uh, how large is the earthquake at the source. So this is a, a fairly large event. Uh, I would say uh, one of the largest that we've experienced in Alberta. So it it, it can typically travel. Um, and the the other factor that det- decides on how, how much we feel is, or how far it goes is the ground uh, the subsurface con- conditions. So in other words, uh, it, on the very old um, Rocks, uh, very cold rocks, uh, they tend to propagate the seismic waves more efficiently uh, and does not reduce the amplitude by very much. So I think that's typically what we see in in this part of the uh, the world where uh, we are sitting mostly on uh, on top of the Canadian, North North American. Um, uh, a craton, and so that's very old rock, very old, uh, very cold, and generally can propagate seismic wave very efficiently. So, um, so in other words, the influence of a um, an, a medium-sized event will be felt at a farther distance than a region that's highly fractured or very young, like California.
1: Joined with Jeff Goo, geophysics professor at the University of Alberta, we're just talking all things earthquakes, and we're just going to take a break before we hop back.
0: We're back to Fort McMurray Matters, brought to you by Cooper & Company Law Firm and Fort McMurray Orthodontics on Mix 103.7.
1: And we're back here on Fort McMurray Matters. We have Jeff Gu on the show, geophysics professor at the University of Alberta. We're talking all things earthquake. And I don't know if you know um, if there is even data on this, but like how fast does a, a quake travel? Like if we felt it within, mm-hmm. say, like a couple seconds here in Fort McMurray, yep. and then how fast did you feel it in Edmonton? Is there data on that?
2: Um, yeah, typically I think the, 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 the speed of the the so-called surface waves, which are usually the most damaging ones—the larger amplitude one—that does not decay as much as what's called body wave that dives into the earth. Um, one can get the timing by just uh, estimating the the speed of the propagation uh, in, in, let's say, in, in sand or in the um, in the sedimentary layer. So a, a couple of kilometers per second uh, would be the typical speed. I'll give it you know two to three kilometer per second for the shear waves and a little bit higher for the P waves, four or five for the P waves. Um, and then you can just get uh, the distance, estimate the distance between the source and a region of your interest and just kind of divide by that number in, uh, and, and, and figure out. So for example, if you have, you're 10 kilometers away, I would say um, uh, you know, for a shear wave to get there, it takes maybe about three to four seconds. Wow. Later, yeah. So it's basically ten divided by two to three um, gives a time, and that's a rough time that you can estimate between the uh, the, un- the the occurrence of the earthquake, the, the origin time, and the time it arrives at a given spot. Yeah, away very, from the source.
1: Very interesting. Okay, thank you for that. No problem. Uh, yeah. The, the The next one is just kind of comparing to to maybe some recent events here, and so. I think initially the second quake around here in the Peace River area was around the 6.3 magnitude, I believe.
0: And
2: then. Um, No, that's. I I would say that's. uh you know, initially, it depends on the t- the type of measurements uh, or type of earthquake measures. Uh, the magnitudes come in the different flavors. There's, okay. <laughs> yeah, I know that initially they usually have the so-called local magnitude, which is based on um, the size of the, you know, the, the pulses that you receive at a given receiver. Um, and those are uh, are usually not the sort of modern day standard. Um, the the best measure i would say is what's called a moment magnitude which goes back to the source location goes back to where you know the, the earthquake occurs as opposed to be a measure that depends on the the ground that uh, under which it travels so so i think that the magnitude even initial one was more like 5.9 maybe i don't know about 6 but uh, it was fairly high and it would put it uh, at the largest earthquake for alberta but then since then i think it's it's been reduced quite a bit, so I maybe around five two five three would be uh, my guess to the, the the final magnitude for this event.
1: Okay. Yeah, that's that's uh that's good knowledge to know. That's why we have you on here so you can kind of get the facts straight and everything. Um and then just you. yeah, and to I guess related to the unfortunate happenings in like the Turkey and Syria area where yes, they have a yes. much larger um amount of earthquakes right there. What is the mm-hmm. difference in those magnitudes of we see here and over there like um, mm-hmm. I, I think around. I think it, again. You can correct me around the seven point eight area is what I read. Yes,
2: yes, yes, and and that's that's uh, potentially a a magnitude that's uh, that was will, will stay uh, more or less seven point eight. So so yes, um, we're quite different in terms of the uh, tectonics. Um, so the, the earthquake in Turkey is um, you know uh, near Turkey is the one that is one that has uh, occurred. Um, in fact, in the past, the same kind of event has occurred along the the uh, uh, Anatolian Fault. In fact, that earthquake happened in the area where it's a juncture between the northern strands and the and, and the south uh, western strands of the uh, Anatolian Fault. So this is kind of a large fault system that's uh, similar to uh, California, similar to the San Andreas Fault, which has a series of earthquakes uh, uh, and uh, in the past that occurred along the fault. So that is. Large tectonic forces along a fault that um, um, essentially has this shear motion. Where here we don't have these. Um, major, major faults, uh, a, a inside Alberta. Um, the, the one thing that I, I will point out is that there are, in fact, some local faults, um, and, uh, a tectonic structure in the case of Peace River that's a little different from some other earthquakes in this area. In fact, Peace River region does have certain, uh, faults that we know of and that's related to the old structure, linear structure that, um, that's called, um, Peace River Arch. Which we know there's a sort of intrusion of the basement rock into the sediments two three hundred million years ago. So, so there are known faults in this area, but in terms of the tectonics, we're still considered to be uh, interplate, which means that we're uh, um, inside the. Where we're kind of inside the plate and not too far away, uh, not too close to a plate boundary, whereas uh, in the case of uh, the Anatolian fault, uh, it was uh, is considered at near a plate boundary where there's a major major fault and uh, major tectonic forces in that area.
1: Okay, and I think I remember reading right around when um, that earthquake did occur in the Peace River area. Was that around the largest that Alberta has seen?
2: Um, You mean the Peace River one? Yeah. Um... This, this earthquake, um, is one of the largest ones, uh, in Alberta. In fact, uh, uh, it may, it may be slightly smaller than the earlier event, um, from the same, maybe so near the same region, uh, in Peace River earthquake in 2001. And, uh, that earthquake had a magnitude of three, either 3.3 or 3.4. It's more confirmed magnitude. Um, and, uh, and this one, I think maybe v- just just uh, a shade smaller than that, uh, that event. So, it, but still, it makes uh, this uh, the recent the largest uh, earthquake during this recent sequence is still one of the largest earthquakes we have ever experienced in Alberta.
1: Okay, and what, uh, is there like a set intensity of uh, the magnitude when an earthquake typically does like cause damage?
2: Yeah, there's a Macaulay skill uh, for intensity, and it depends on how people feel uh, uh, about certain earthquakes. So you can actually translate to the different uh, uh, values on the intensity skill uh, and, and, and use that to quantify earthquakes. And there are, uh, you know, different reports that people can, can can get on online and report how they feel. And based on those reports, people can, can assign a certain sort of Magnitude or uh, intensity scale for for the um, for the event. Yes, but uh, as far as this particular earthquake, I would say that it's uh, a, it's um, a reasonably sized event. It's felt pretty uh, very widely, and uh, in your case, you feel in Fort Mac, and we feel in Edmonton. So it's quite uh, hundreds of kilometers away. We can still feel it, um, but it still is not considered as a damaging earthquake. It's a kind of Still, on the smaller side, mm-hmm. yeah
1: and would you say like the province is prepared for earthquake? Is there stuff you can do as a province to prepare
2: um, Yes, I think the you know the preparedness would come in from both from the side of the um, you know, in terms of construction, in terms of just being aware, um, and, and, and certainly in terms of the uh, regulations, I think there are lots of uh, regulations uh, in place already related to the earthquake. And I know that Operator Geological Survey, um, or the AER, um, uh, uh, adopted the so-called regulation, uh, the traffic light uh, regulation, uh, where um, earthquakes of certain size, um, uh, say magnitude 4, or above, if that occurs in an area where there's a, um, uh, you know, say let's say hydraulic inju- uh, uh, fluid in, in, injection, then you have to, you know, suspend the activity right away and report and, and have uh, monitoring in place. So yes, there are regulations, provincial regulations that uh, that help uh, monitor uh, earthquakes in Alberta.
1: We're here with Jeff Gu, geophysics professor at the University of Alberta. We're just going to take another break, and we'll be right back.
0: We're back to Fort McMurray Matters. Brought to you by Cooper & Company Law Firm and Fort McMurray Orthodontics on mixed 103.7.
1: And we're back here on Fort McMurray Matters. I'm Sean Kreitz. Jeff Gu is on the phone. He's a geophysics professor at uh, the University of Alberta. We're talking earthquakes. And then what do you think we can kind of learn from earthquakes that are just happening within the region to maybe help predict the future or is there anything to learn from them?
2: Um, I think these earthquakes will have a. Um, you know, anytime we map these earthquakes, it gives us a lot more knowledge about uh, not only um, what what faults may be in that area. Because using these earthquake data, we can actually image the the, the the faults. And and in addition to that, we can learn uh, which faults are more critical, where it's going to potentially slip, and and it, uh, it certainly invites. Um, Uh, monitoring, um, uh, you know, more monitoring systems in in place. People have, uh, you know, the the province or the industrial partners will put more uh, uh, seismometers and monitor it more actively. So yes, so every time we have earthquakes like this, uh it really we we are able to gain a lot more knowledge about both the, the the kind of sources that are happening what the processes that lead to these earthquakes and also uh in terms of future uh predictive uh or at least in in, in I would say prediction is a little bit strong word maybe forecasting mm. uh, and just to just to understand what where the fault may be happening and also kind of link it to let's say in the case of hydraulic fracturing or wastewater disposal we can link it to you know how much injection uh, could potentially trigger what type of magnitude and I think that's we can we can learn a lot about all of this based on uh, earthquakes that happen uh, in uh, in Alberta.
1: Very cool. Okay. And are all earthquakes the same, or do they behave differently based on, say, like uh, the different earth types beneath it, like different rock medians beneath that surface level? Like, say, maybe like the mountains compared to the forest area, uh, mm-hmm, do they, mm-hmm. di- or is every earthquake the same?
2: Um, they're all different in, in in the sense that they you know their triggering mechanisms are different, and the earth structures are very different. Like you said, um, you know the mountains are different from uh, from a plate boundary where the two plates are rubbing each other, um, and and so the earthquakes are uh, you know there there are different earthquake types. There you know the uh, the the normal faults, the reverse faults, and the the so-called strike slip. And every region is quite unique in that regard, and and earthquakes also come in with very different. Uh, Triggering mechanisms, um, and you know the back, the tectonic backdrop will, will. First of all, that's one of the determining factors. And the second of all is, is what what's the forces are, are driving in this area. So some areas are more stressed than the other areas. Um, and, that, so, so there's, and and if you trigger it, either through a tectonic force or perhaps when, a, when an area is overly stressed, and if you, uh, let's say, inject more fluid into the water or extract fluid from that area, that can lead to uh, the slippage on the fault. Um, and the depth of the earthquakes are all very different. Some earthquakes are very shallow, um, and, and the crustal earthquakes, and some earthquakes go into hundreds of kilometers down. For the typical earthquakes we see here, um, you know, uh, we are usually seeing it around three to three to five kilometers, and that's a, the depth where some of the injections occur uh, for the, the, the case of, let's say, hydraulic fracturing. Um, and uh, and some of natural earthquakes in this area could be greater in terms of depth range, some shallow and some fairly deep, like 9, 10 kilometers. So uh, a lot of different variety of earthquakes and variety of triggering mechanisms, but ultimately it all Im- they all involve the slippage on a given fault uh, and, uh, and essentially this sort of sudden catastrophic movement on the ground. So ultimately when the earthquakes do happen, there's a self-similarity among them. So, in other words, the smaller events and large events, whether it's induced or it's not induced, natural, once the earthquake happened, they all seem to follow certain scaling laws, mm-hmm. certain uh, relationships. Mm-hmm.
1: And then just geologically speaking, like what is uh, maybe the, the seismic future of Alberta? Is there any forecasts that uh, are going out? Uh, what, like, How will it kind of change our region in the near future, distance future, anything like that?
2: Um, not particularly. I think uh, we've learned a lot in the last, um, last I would say last uh, decade here, um, since the drilling of the horizontal uh, uh, hydraulic fracturing wells. And since we have, you know, also tapped into or learned more about the wastewater disposal and how that could potentially link to um, to earthquakes, I think we've we've learned that uh, in our region we may have to live with certain risks related to um, uh, either hydraulic fracturing or wastewater disposal. Uh, these kind of uh, uh, activities, and we just have to monitor it properly. It's hard to necessarily predict where the next target, the next area will slip, um, um, but uh, but certainly once it does happen, we could um, we could. Um, um, act right away and 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 learn a great deal and 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 perhaps increase our um, both the capability and also attention into these uh, specific areas. Um, yeah, so I, we we do know that there are processes that potentially can trigger earthquakes in in Alberta. Mm-hmm.
1: And one of my final questions here is just a fun one. We have the amazing Rocky Mountains in our backyard. Yeah. Um what what all caused that to happen for us to have that in our backyard? Do you know like the origin of the Rocky Mountains? What created it?
2: Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a actually very interesting. um uh, scenario: The Rockies were uh, were caused by the collision between what's called the Cordillera, which is the the, the, the big landmass um, uh, west of the Rockies, and uh, that big landmass. Uh, it was the origin of the Cordillera was actually still in question. Uh, we ourselves were involved in some of our earlier studies. Some saying that it was one of the big pieces that's near here, and some say that you know the the big plate west of the Rockies was, uh, it was uh, moved into our area from, from thousands of kilometers away about uh, a, a long time ago, hundreds of millions of years ago. <laughs> so the, the bottom line, how it how got here, was that it collided with the North American plate or the Craton, which is on the east, northeast part of the Rockies, on the east of the hotel, foothills, and the collisions um Caused, uh, potentially uh, caused this kind sort of convergence between these two plates, caused an uplift, uh, and that led to the Rocky Mountains. Um, and it's uh, within the last uh, few hundred million years and this process.
1: Fantastic. Hey, anything that we haven't covered that you just want uh, the people in the region up north here to know just about anything um, geologically related?
2: Um, not really. I, I think that's. Uh, I don't have much to add, I actually probably want to apologize. I think that what I mentioned the Turkish earthquake um, and uh, plate boundaries. Um, I just want. I think I misspoke. Um, the earthquake that we have in Alberta is not interplate. Uh, it's not between two plates. It's actually intraplate. Uh, I, I, I misspoke, and if I if I if I did, um, I apologize. Intraplate means it's inside a plate. It's not a place where two plates meet and that's where when you know when you're interplate it's a lot more e- uh, a lot easier to have and have earthquakes like japan but we're intraplate so uh, have so we have less tectonic earthquakes than the earthquake associated with the interactions of two major plates hmm.
1: Hey, well, um, we appreciate you. You have so much knowledge, uh, Jeff, and thank you. No, 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 thank you.
2: (laughs) We thank you (laughs) for just
1: just spreading the knowledge. I I was so curious about so many things, and you answered a lot of questions. So uh, I appreciate you taking the time and coming on the show today.
2: You're more than welcome, Sean. Thank Uh, you.